0: Welcome to episode 10 of the podcast. Today's episode will be the second installment of the Corona special that we recorded last week with Dr. Simon and Ashley with the closure of gyms globally. We thought it would be a great opportunity to discuss the rise of online training to delve into this topic. We wanted to involve as always professionals in their field. So today we are lucky enough to be joined by our first international guests. From the UK, we have two very respected and knowledgeable PTs and online coaches, as well as bodybuilders, Ollie Carson, who just happens to be Andy's coach, and Morag Campbell. Welcome.
1: Hello. How are you?
0: Good. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your weekend to be on our podcast.
2: Well, actually in the UK at the minute we're at a bit of a loose end anyway so you know we're kind of (laughs) we're stuck in our houses not doing much so we're not being interfered at all well at least on my part I don't know about you Morag. Oh no it's been great to come on and
1: have a chat it's just fantastic to do something different as well Well, thanks for
0: having us on. No welcome I mean no one knows what day it is anymore anyway so weekend, Um, Monday, every day is (laughs) Sunday. (laughs) You
2: guys are lucky I've
3: still got a working week
2: Busier than ever. <laughs> yeah. How? Same, same for me, actually, and we'll, we'll talk about this as well. I as on, say that, yeah. I'm probably the busiest I've ever been um, this last <laughs> week, so uh, I'm sure we'll get into that. Oh, good stuff. Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, Andy, just want to make sure you're alive out there on the ranch. And you haven't run out of diet coke.
3: Yeah, uh, um, coke zero. sent the driver to Nairobi today to buy eight. I say eight or ten <laughs> bottles, two litre bottles. I'm hoarding just Diet Coke, Coke Zero. You know, um, <laughs> I've got four bottles in the kitchen.
0: So yeah. we're doing good. Ollie, you've uh, created a Diet a Coke thing. monster. Yeah, guys are hoarding
4: <laughs> tissue. You're hoarding uh, Diet Coke. <laughs> that, that's that's I'm the
0: secret.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm still in this prep for a show that's not happening. But in my mind, I'm keeping prep, prep esque. So. You know my, my sweet treat is the coke Zero. um but yeah no look, for me as i've said before life hasn't changed massively i'm pretty much a recluse 90 percent of the time anyway because yeah i'm quite happy sitting on my farm i only go into town to go train so for me i've now been building stuff and i've got the to convert the shed into like a big shed into a gym um i've also been onto um uh, equipment manufacturers to see what I can get made long-term, you know, working on a pendulum squat and a cable, a cable, adjustable cable station at the moment, so, um, which beats the one I probably built myself, um, although, yep. you, you know, people who've watched my Instagram story were seeing my my uh, cable pull-down um, station using an old caster and some rope and some weights. Um, I'm going to probably add another pull, a low pulley today. So I sent the driver to see if he could spot one when he was out and about. So we'll see. Um, but no, you know, just... I would have been, I think, this week would be about eight weeks out from the show. Oh, nice. You know, tomorrow. So I am at quite a good um, leanness. Yeah, you know, everything's clicking into place. My waist is back under 28 inches. You know, so probably in a couple more weeks I'll be down to 26 inch waist again, which is you know, a nightmare for clothes. But you know, so but everyone's on lockdown, so I can just wear my pants, <laughs> wander around the house in my boxers, you know, get on with it.
0: Well, I hope you're wearing something uh, <laughs> while you're we're recording.
3: But <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, something I learned from work once. Yeah, I use I do a lot of conference calls internationally for work and. Yeah, you know, a few I've done when I've been caught short notice thinking, you know, was you know, call in China or something 'cause middle of the night. Just do it in my underwear. But once I actually click the video it's gonna be answer call. Then, but luckily I had the t shirt on and we can tell. But ever since then I've made sure I actually dress for my inter- uh, for any conference calls.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that, Andy. <laughs> Although you you haven't uh, blessed us with your cowboy hat today.
3: No. No. Um I, I you know, it's a little bit damp because I, I wear it when I'm getting my steps and it's been raining a lot recently and you know. Uh as you were seeing if you saw my story today, we had the leopard and everything oh, going nice. on today, the dog chased the leopard and you know, chaos. Chaos on the Just you're, a you're, normal
4: day. Uh, yeah, your dogs are not smart dog. That that's
3: dangerous. No, well he is smart oh, actually. Loki was quite clever, he was just trying to be really protective. But no. he actually made sure he didn't catch the leopard.
4: Ah, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like,
3: he, he, because he's really quick, so he got quite close to Leopard. And then he sort of let the Leopard move oh, on. He sort of hit the brakes. The other <laughs> two dogs were just shivering. Uh, why I he's know. just squaring up. He's getting ready
4: next time. <laughs> I know, he's he's yeah. really doing his cardio. <laughs> yeah, Chasing Leopards. <laughs> Building stuff.
0: Yeah, well, it's... um, Well, we, we completely closed our studio, so... I, I feel the same way as you, Oli. More, I, you know, it's it's actually been so busy, switching everyone to to online. online and home workouts, and because we don't normally do that, it's been really hard trying to, you know, do f- filming exercises for clients yeah. and and all of that. So it's actually I've, I've been looking forward to being bored during quarantine, and it's not happened yet. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's the it's, uh, lesser of two evils, though. I think, um, you know, we're quite fortunate in that we can just change tack with our businesses, um, you know, change direction ever so slightly and at least give ourselves a fighting chance of staying afloat and still supporting our clients, whereas, you know, there's lots and lots of people all over the world, as I'm sure you'll agree, that are in positions where they have no choice at all. So it has been busy, but I've, I've also felt incredibly blessed and fortunate over the last week or two um, to continue as normal to some extent, yes it's been a bit more challenging and I appreciate that people's financial situations are changing daily now um, but I am still in a position where I can run my business and that's really really uh, special I think so uh, I know you guys are keen to talk online coaching and how personal trainings can get into online coaching Um, it's amazing but it's it's, I, I don't think it's as easy, you guys are in a position presumably where you've got your face-to-face clients and yeah. now you're having to just re your whole business whereas myself and Morag we've kind of had this pre-set prior to everything happening and so we're in a bit of a more fortunate position so um, like, I can imagine the struggles that you guys have been having this week
4: Yeah, it's uh... Sorry?
1: Oh, Cutting in, I was going to say yeah I mean I feel incredibly grateful that but... Like what Ollie said is that the industry that we're in we can still provide some normalcy for people's lives whilst everything's been completely flipped on its head and um, you know continuing on as best as as normal as normal can be at the moment is phenomenal for ourselves and obviously families but then for clients as well I find Um, but yeah completely flipping the model on its head I mean I only have a couple of online clients at the moment or had I was majority face-to-face probably like what you guys are and in the space of a week, trying to then convert everything to online, figuring figuring out different softwares and systems, it's just
0: been a bit of a whirlwind. I can imagine you're the same. Yeah, I mean, we 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 don't really have the software or the system, so it, it really is winging it.
4: Yeah, we're um, learning as we go along, pretty much. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's just not a big thing here in Kenya online training. I mean, there's a few, you know, a few people who do it. Like Andy does it um I mean Leon does it to an extent but not not the way that you two do it um and yeah with you know all the gyms and everything have closed here just as they have all around the world so it would just be interesting to hear both of your sort of backstories how you got into well training and then uh online training
4: yeah even how sort of you got the clients to I don't know like trust you guys to Continue the online part because that seems to be a hard thing here, also because clients don't really yeah. understand, so it becomes yeah. hard to communicate when it comes to online coaching.
2: I guess, I guess the challenge that you guys face that's slightly different to myself or to Morag or to anyone in the UK or, or other European countries and, and places like that is that because it is so abnormal in, in Kenya. And it's not the norm. Um, it's quite hard to convince somebody once this has all happened. You know, it's like you're doing it retrospectively, aren't you? Coronavirus has happened and now you're saying, oh, do this online coaching. Well, if it was really, really good, wouldn't you have you been doing it before? And that must be quite hard to get people to come around to the yeah, idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a challenge, isn't It's Is convincing people that um, online coaching can be effective. Um, so there are ways that you can potentially show people uh, the power of online coaching, um, but how quickly you can do that is questionable, you know. So things like offering a trial period could be um, a, a suitable option for you guys. You could potentially create maybe like a, do you guys all have social media over there? Do, do you all have access to mobile phones or is it really diverse? Yeah. And sort of no,
3: no. Kenya is actually very forward in right. its social media. Yeah. It's, at, it's at the highest users of Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook in Africa.
2: Big time. Right, right. Everyone,
3: everyone's got a smartphone.
2: are well, not the best
3: smartphone. But.
2: Yeah, well then, I mean, what I could see you doing is maybe setting up a closed Facebook group as, as part of your business and sharing a post and inviting as many people as you like into that group and showing them the power of online coaching and what you can deliver through that group totally free of charge for a, a trial period of maybe 7 or 14 days um, to give someone an insight as to what is achievable and then you could potentially have an upsell where you say look if you've enjoyed that and you want to continue this this is a product that we're offering and you can have you know whatever you would deem a necessary um, price point to charge those people but I think for you your biggest issue is going to be getting people to buy into the idea of online coaching you know so that's where the idea of the trial period comes in i mean i don't know if you've thought of any other ideas or
1: at the moment i've kind of gone the halfway house because the majority of my clients were one-to-one um with obviously the social distancing i'm now completing like obviously webinar-based personal training sessions so It's encouraging people to have a bit more empowerment that actually they can complete sessions either by themselves or following the program. I mean, obviously, I'm still in the room with them, if that makes sense. But then it's then saying, right, okay, now you know what you could be doing by yourself. You're now going to follow the program for the rest of the week. So, for example, I might have a client who trains with me once a week. They then have their homework, which I'm sure you'd probably give to your clients anyway, that they then have to go away and complete themselves it's then creating almost that little bit of distance. They go, right, okay, actually, you know what, maybe I don't need a PT in the room with me constantly. I do have confidence in what I'm doing in terms of movement patterns. Because again, whether it's a reliance on the trainer or whether it's, you know, having that security blanket, that safety, um, that could be part of the, the thing as well. Because I know I have clients personally who were very hesitant about going on to webinar-based personal training personally, because they've either got back issues and issues, etc., injuries that they're, scared of aggravating and and it's just them saying well actually you know what everything that we've done up to this point you've reinforced good patterns good movements etc you can look well you know what to feel for now it's just you having the confidence to do it by yourself and then potentially go and bend the way that Ollie's suggesting and that having a completely online based program where then you maybe don't have your coach there for the hour and then they complete the program themselves check in and then you know take it from there
0: yeah, that's a good sort of way to do it. We are doing sort of the, the Skype online sessions with some, and Zoom is pretty popular, so we might try that next week. We'll do a few sort of free live sessions as well, see how that goes. Um, but, like, what made both of you go more to the, like, online, online training?
2: Uh, from, I think for me personally... Um... I started to notice that I was trading my time for money. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's understanding that you are limited to how much time you can spend on a gym floor and and coaching somebody as to how far you can take your business, how many people you can work with and impact and help. Um, You're limited by the amount of hours in the day. And you can often fall into the trap of almost trapping yourself inside your business because you get to a point where you're coaching you know, maybe five, six, seven, eight clients a day, if you're very fortunate, you become very busy, you have no spare time. The only way that you can increase your income or your revenue is by charging more money. Well, a lot of your clients aren't going to be too happy with that. And so you give yourself a ceiling, whereas with online coaching, your, your ceiling is limitless. You know, you're confined by the amount of people that you can manage in an online capacity. So I was drawn to that and I was drawn to getting better at creating systems that en- enabled me to work with more people in my time, under my rules, if you like, um, and I'm just fascinated by it all. I think it's um, it's an incredible industry. It's constantly growing, um, and it can be very, very lucrative and very rewarding. Like You get to work with lots and lots of people. I work with two guys here. Yeah. You know, I've got Andy, who's in Kenya, and I've got Morag, who's all the way at the top of our country. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: um, so... You know it's um it's very very rewarding
1: mm-hmm. i'd say to further that point as well you can cast your net much further afield mm-hmm. so if it is a case that obviously kenya online training is very abnormal and it's not the norm at the moment if you have followers if you do use social media from other countries who are, it is a bit more of the norm then you could potentially try to obtain clients from there i mean i've had clients in beijing hong kong just because I mean obviously family friends and then chat and you know it's, it's usually a lot of word of mouth um, and as well having a lot of either referrals or recommendations reviews actually having people go you know what this actually really worked for me this is what we did uh, can also be helpful too because the problem when you are going out there and you're saying look I'm a great PT this is my program it works you know it works but the world doesn't mm-hmm. you know and it's about building that social proof building that presence and going you know what this is going to work and um, come on board i think offering free content exactly like ollie said maybe not even just in a private group i mean i'm horrendous for it at the moment i think it's just because i'm mad busy <laughs> but actually giving out some free content on social media daily just again to build that rapport and build that trust because that's a lot of the time what will be the difference between someone signing on with you or deciding to go with someone else
4: yeah, because I've noticed Ollie is very good at the social media thing. Like, like I don't know, how do you structure, like, um, say, Monday, are you doing, like, a Knowledge Monday, Tuesday? Because I've noticed you're very consistent and good with um, the content you give to the public.
2: Yeah, uh, oh, thank you, first of all, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't actually follow a structure, and I know a lot of people do, and I... I definitely see some merit in following structure with your social media content because it could, it could get a little bit aimless otherwise. Um, Sorry. myself personally, um, I just jot things down as and when I see them. So like, for example, you know, if I, if I have a client ask me a question that I think other people would benefit from, I'll make a note of that question and then I'll think, well, how can I convey that in a social media post so that other people can benefit from the answer? And usually, if one person's thinking something, then thousands of people are thinking the same thing. So something might seem silly on the surface, you might get a question from a client, or you might even think something yourself. And then actually, that's the most valuable content that you can give to people because the likelihood and that's what's most relatable in social media content.
1: Yeah, it's usually the things that you take for granted a lot of the general population don't have that same either knowledge or common sense. So, you know, you might hear something that's nutrition related and you go, Oh yeah, obviously that's mm. a load of garbage, but someone else thinks, Oh, that's what I have to be doing. So it's almost like, keep it simple, stupid, know your market, know who you're trying to sell to as well. And then go will write, what does my average, if your market is mums, you know, young mums, what does my average young mum? what's her stresses? What's her needs? What is she trying to juggle at the moment? What knowledge is useful for her? and then you know post that that's obviously a little bit of niche marketing um but then if you go right what do my general bodybuilders what's some of the garbage that they follow right let's debunk some myths and again it's that trust rapport be relatable too so you know there's some people who have got loads of knowledge but because they're so academic <laughs> they just they're not they're not approachable they're not friendly yeah. Whereas you've got people who go completely to the other end of the spectrum and they're so friendly, they almost feel unprofessional and, you know, you maybe wouldn't trust them with your money.
4: Yeah, true.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think, so when you're transitioning, do you feel that there should be a time period that you should do face to face before you go online? Because these days everyone's become an online coach or a nutritionist or this or that. Do you feel that you should do a certain time period of face-to-face before you make that transition?
1: I mean, I know some coaches who've gone straight into it and they have great results. I mean, obviously, like AJ Morris, I believe, he went straight into online training and he's now probably one of the biggest in terms of bodybuilding coaches out there. But then he knows his market and he probably works with a very specific type of person who gets his personality. You know, if you spend time on the floor with face-to-face clients, you suddenly are able to be, I personally think, a lot more empathetic Um, I mean, not to the stage that you don't then push your client to where they want to be, because obviously the goal is the end point, and sometimes you have to be the friend, sometimes you have to be the coach, and tell them to pull the big girl or boy pants on and get on with it. But, um, you know, I do think that there's value in having done face-to-face coaching, because you do get invaluable skills that you maybe will not get online. However, that being said, it depends on your check-in process. So for me personally, with my online clients, I ask them to submit uh, a video of them chatting to me every week you know it's not the same as us speaking face to face as it were but you still are able to read emotion and um,
4: yes, see yes, yes, true. between
1: the lines because if you've got someone who messages you they could be going to their keyboard and like, I am I am so angry You know, <laughs> da, 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 da. but you'll yeah. read it be like oh yeah you cool this week brilliant yeah. you're not seeing the bags under their eyes because they've only had two hours of sleep but they're telling you you've had six you know you're not seeing the changes in you know texture appearance hair etc so it, i think a lot of it depends on how you're going about your online coaching if that makes sense
0: yeah absolutely um and then in terms of sort of financially setting it up do you find that you should you sort of save for this or is it you just invest in it as you go along
2: well it, it, it doesn't have to cost a great deal of money i mean you're going to probably be paying for certain systems and softwares um, online that are maybe like monthly subscriptions. You know, it is going to cost a little bit of money the more in-depth you go with that stuff, but not huge, huge amounts, you know, not in comparison to potentially a personal trainer who's paying for their gym fees or, or the studio hire or whatever it is that they're using to train their clients. So relatively speaking, it's probably cheaper to run or at least can be cheaper to run. and it depends how you approach it. I think um, there's this notion that you need to go right. I'm either a personal trainer or I'm or I'm an online mm-hmm. coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There can there can be a smooth transition between the two. You know, I certainly built up my online business whilst I was still personal training. Personal training was providing me the bulk of my income. It was keeping me afloat. It was paying my bills, and I was building up the online business in the background. And you know, I always use the analogy of dress for the job you want, not the job you have. So if you've got personal training clients, well, start using the systems that you would use for online coaching on them. Have them check in with your process. Give them their feedback of your process so that the, 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 business, the online coaching business is already there and ready to go and you're using it and it's working. And then you can gradually feed people into it. You can move them over if they want to stay online. Um, and you might reach a point where you are fully online. You might be a full online coach. Or you might, like many of us, be a hybrid coach where you do some face-to-face and some online, and that's fine as well. But I think um, don't get too bogged down with the idea of I have to either be an online coach or a personal trainer. You can definitely do both.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's making sure that you don't think black or white and you don't think, oh, it has to be expensive or not. I mean, like for me personally, I mean, again, another example, uh, nutritionist mainly, but Monroe Fitness he started off with a Facebook group, which is completely free, like you don't pay for Facebook. And he just built up a private group from there. And now I believe he's got nearly probably like a 1000 members. Nice. Um, he's probably more low ticket. So you're talking very, very affordable per month, but then it's more of a group coaching setting. And if they then want to upsell, like obviously they always suggested, you then have other add-ons available, then people can choose that option. But again, I think it's knowing being savvy about things not thinking right okay well this is the software that everybody uses so therefore I must use it and um, also I would say it sounds really awful but know no, your limitations mm-hmm. if you're tech savvy great if you're not tech savvy keep it something you can understand and then you can build I would say as well with this free time if you are locked in that was the perfect time to either go on like free courses because so many learning um, platforms have got like free level 2 courses or something like that you know at your online training in that respect for you to develop your knowledge and your skill set to then be able to transfer that into your business
0: yeah no it is now is definitely the time where a lot of people are finding they have plenty of time to yeah to further their their education so in terms of what pts can offer what kind of packages do you set up or do you find are the most popular
2: So I I think it's important to have a product or a service that is accessible financially to a broad range of prospects. Now, a lot of people argue that, you know, you should get really specific, really niche down on your market. And, you know, some people really want to sell to the high flying businessmen that only charge this high premium rate. And that's the way to do it. And, you know, I can see merit in that as well. But I think a good... Product or service that most people can afford regardless of where they are financially and you can justify the stepping stones in price by the, the delivery of the service and the product they get, then that's going to ensure that you, you know, improve your business as best you can. So you can have a low ticket offer which might be something like a Facebook support group with group coaching in there and that might just be a very cheap monthly subscription. You can have a mid-ticket program, which might be like a, a set program, a twelve-week challenge, is something similar to what I run, um, and that could be like a mid-price. And then you could have your higher-price coaching uh, for those individuals who want completely bespoke, hands-on, the most, you know, exclusive coaching that you offer. And then that way you cover all bases. But I think there's arguments for and against. You know, you either have one thing where you're charging this much, or you have a few things.
1: definitely like i mean at the moment the way that i try to diversify as well and also to create more value to my pt clients so that they feel as though actually they're getting the most out of their money in this kind of not say crisis but you know the the problem at the moment obviously talking in an ideal world in an ideal sense it's brilliant to be like right well these are my offers but providing more value means again you're more likely to have either return custom or keep your current pt clients i think that's something as well you've got to really be mindful of is when you know something like this hits everyone was Oh my gosh where am i going to get new leads from support the clients you already have and that is your current business you know if you are already taking x profits per month and you're surviving on that then that's great you know work on retaining that and then you can then work to create you know more leads or take on more more prospects but uh, in terms of what i'm trying to offer is i've actually set up a private facebook group where now i run for example like three live sessions a week and they're essentially getting three extra personal training sessions because I give them the exercises and then i watch their form and going through it, but it's in a group setting. I mean, they can jump in and out as they please, but it's just that extra little bit that you're saying, right, okay, well, you would normally train in person with me. Okay, now you're not training with me, so maybe you don't have the value of that face-to-face contact. What else can I give you that's actually not going to take up, <laughs> sound awful, not take up too much of my time, but it's just something that, you know, it's a nice little extra.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh Sorry, we we lost Andy. I think he's back. <laughs> yeah. He was
3: yeah, just. I, went, well, I moved. because um, I'm using my mobile hotspot. Wi-Fi. Is done. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it it must be the weather. It's, it's really, pretty rainy here. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah.
3: It hasn't stopped raining for mm. months.
0: Well, I mean, Andy, what, what made you decide to go online, to do online training?
3: Well, see, I'm in a different position to all of you. I've got a, a separate career where I earn a decent amount of salary to, to live my life. So I train people who I know. People reach out to me and say, can you help me out? You know, I've got this goal I want to achieve. And, you know, and I'll, I'll always try and help people so for me it was a case of i don't have the time to do face to face like we have to do it online and yeah i use quite simple systems i use google she- um you know check in via whatsapp videos um and then you know so we do you know we do a quick you know weekly check-ins and stuff via video check their sheets at the same time and we send check-in photos and from there you know, for me, it's it's quite it's easier to manage because you know um, being busy with the day job, you know I don't I don't need to make money from personal training. So, but I've been a qualified personal trainer for twenty years, so it's you know um, so and I still enjoy doing it, and I enjoy training people, and I enjoy learning constantly. So, yeah, you know, I like to to do it, but you've got to think. More what's the best help for most people. And for me, it's not face-to-face in a gym environment because, yeah, you know, I just wouldn't have the time to do that. So for me to help people, the online space works better.
4: And what made you get a coach? What made you get early to... So,
3: yeah, so it's quite interesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, so when I decided to... I, I quite fancied the idea of getting on stage. I'd done a, a photo shoot and... I've been leaning I was like I right, fancy you know then I thought to myself there's no way I could prep myself for a stage show there's just no way you know you're, you're, you know when, you know what it's like, Leon. And, you know, more yeah. when yeah, you're super <laughs> lean, you don't make the best decisions. You always think you look fat. Or, you know, when you're trying to gain mass, you think you look skinny, you know, and you think you're losing size. And it's all happening at the same time. It's all like, you
4: know. yeah, Yeah, it's, so like, it's a bad place to be, man. I need to get a coach.
3: <laughs> and, well, yes, yeah, Halley. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where, and it was social media. I've like been, you know, I probably followed Ollie all through his Ironman stuff. And, there's a certain amount of myself I see in Ollie because, you know, similar background. you know, I've done stupid things like run marathons in my past and that's why my knees are probably fucked. <laughs> so, um, you know, and it was that sort of, I could see sort of, you know, Ollie was one of these people where he gives a lot to his, his clients and you can see that online. You know, if you follow Ollie, you'll, you'll see, you know, testimonials from his clients, but not like, you see, sometimes see some trainers they put on, they put up testimonials. That's great because they've handpicked them. But with <laughs> you know, when you watch on for long enough and you interact, you actually see them come up organically yeah. in feeds
4: yeah, true. and
3: you know shared posts and stuff, stuff like that. And I think for me, you know, seeing you know how Ollie's clients you know related to him and you know. You should always, I think, get a coach you you can get along with. That you know, if it was a face to face, definitely, you wouldn't you know completely hate. Yeah, you, know, you can hate him when he's you know, programming Bulgarian yeah. stuff. <laughs> but like day to day, you know, it's someone you would definitely get along with, and you know, you, you have a you know you, sh- you share a vision. There's you know, it's not there's no point in getting a coach where you, you you're at loggerheads the whole time, and they have to bully you into doing everything. You need to be able especially with online coaching you need to be able to be self sufficient yeah you know, you've got to be able to be yeah you know, as we always say coachable yes yeah, because you know you, i i don't believe you should get a coach to keep you accountable if you've got a set goal if you've got a goal that means enough to you you don't need to be held accountable to that goal you you hold yourself accountable what you need though is a an outside set of eyes someone who's got more experience than you in in your goal
0: yeah
3: then get coaching from them yeah you know. It always makes you laugh when you see, you know, people getting stage ready, they're getting coached by some guy who's never been on stage. Yes. <laughs> there are good coaches, you can still do it, but you know, there's not many. Yeah, you know, I always think someone's got to walk the walk a little bit because you know, we've got to know your well, you yeah. yeah, exactly. We've got to know how your day to day mind's gonna be. Yeah. And yeah. then maybe make the adjustments accordingly. Yeah. I think, you know, so that's quite important.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I
3: think was um, also a client of Ollie's. So, you know, why did you choose Ollie, Morvag?
1: Oh, so why did I choose Ollie? Well, I do stupid things like Ollie does stupid things. Um, <laughs> so, for example, like last year when I was prepping, I decided to do Red Bull Neptune steps, and, for yeah, me, and doesn't who that? doesn't know that. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty much um, the canals in Glasgow. So you think Glasgow, right? Great area, <laughs> not familiar, but yeah it's not the great area, but you you swim along these canals, climb up like the locks with the cargo netting and just like, so yeah, you're in a wetsuit, you're freezing cold, so I did this in prep, and then I also did like Tough Mudder in prep as well, because you know, I'm really sensible and Ollie probably really loves me for it. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it was more the fact that when I was looking around for a coach, because originally, sort of what Ollie mentioned before in that when I first developed my business, I had moved to a completely new area, so I had no organic uh, leads, I had no friends, family in the area, I had to set up from scratch, like dot, Um, so it's about, you know, obviously building the community around that, so I got trapped into working in my business, and not on it, and not on myself, so I put myself on the back burner, and then a couple of years, and I thought, oh god, right, I'm in a bit of a pickle, you know, I was uh, probably the heaviest weight that I'd ever been, not that that should necessarily be a, a keystone of, I'm in a pickle, but I was like, right, this is not where I want to be. Um, I need to probably find a coach that I can play play well with and get along with um, to help me to where I want to be, you know, physically, mentally, professionally. And I think it's a great thing that if you have a coach, because, again, not that they're necessarily there to keep you accountable, but it's there to be either a role module or, you know, someone to be like, right, actually, you know what? They walk the walk, they talk the talk, I'm talking the talk, let's walk the walk. You know, it's someone to hold yourself to a higher standard. Um you know, if that you know, makes sense. But the thing that drove, drew me to Ollie, um, first and foremost, actually, was probably offered of the 12 week photo shoot. So it was, it was committal, but it wasn't committal. It wasn't like, oh, right, okay, we're now in this for a year. It was a case of, okay, let's see if I can play well with a coach for three months. <laughs> mm-hmm. And obviously, I've gotten really well with him in terms of everything he gives out, the knowledge, the fact that it is so down-to-earth, there's no bro science behind it. You know, that's the other thing I've had with a lot of coaches is, they'll either keep you arm's length and say, right, well, actually, you know what, I know the principles, but you're gonna follow this method and it's the method that works. And that's not what you get with Ollie at all. It's like, it's straight to the bone. This is this, this is that. Pardon my French, no bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) And um, that's what really drew me to working with him. And then after the photo shoot, I was like, right, okay. I've always said that I'll pack for a show of money where your mouth is, let's do it. Did it, got to stage. And then it's been like, you know, ever since he's chasing me for
4: jackets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I was saw... Still, can, I yeah. say,
2: can I just say, Leon, dude, yeah. that was the most awkward 10 minutes of my life yeah. having two, two wonderful people just <laughs> blow smoke up my actual <laughs> <real> hearts. <Yeah. laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. I'm not going to take get it. through the, the garden door in a minute. My head is out here. Yeah. But it was great. Thank so very much.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, but I will say with Ollie' it's the same thing I think all coaches should do is impart knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's all well and good just writing a program down for someone. but we need to know, I always think you should teach someone why because at some yes. point, especially yeah. like gen pop clients so mm-hmm. people who aren't you know prepping for a show or thing, you, know, you should be preparing them to go on with their life at a separate time with the knowledge to be able to take care of themselves. Yeah, you know, rather than, yeah, you because know, there's going to be other clients. You, you want the best of your people.
0: But, yeah, yeah you know, that's and the... I think, and I
3: think the best coaches provide that. Yeah, but that's, yeah. like,
4: the problem here. Guys never ask. Like, Andy, you've seen in the gym, like, the like the gym instructor or the PT or whatever, yeah. will be like, you're going to do this? Uh, yeah. Whatever, 30 reps? And the client doesn't ask. Like, you can really see they're probably concerned, like, why, but there's that um almost there's no relationship so a lot of guys here which i think comes down to like online coaching because if if in uh during one-on-one training they're not learning i'm sure a lot are assuming like how am i supposed to learn on online if i can never ask i never get answers
3: i think it's knowledge
4: yeah yeah because you've seen in the gym how
3: yeah no guys just so the classic example <laughs> is that boxing coach i was watching him oh, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah i've been i've, I've, I've fought a, quite a top level so i know a little bit about the fight game and i was watching have that guy hit that machine yeah he's it's... hitting a, a, a standing R phrase machine uppercuts. Uppercuts. Like, it, it... if i was a client i'd be like
4: why? Yeah. Why
3: am I yeah. this machine? Because it's it's not yeah. creative. But that's it's... the thing. Because the people don't have the knowledge. Yeah. And that's, there's not the education. People don't have the knowledge, so they don't know to ask the questions. And you see people get trapped in this cycle of following these core body circuit classes, and that's all they do in mm-hmm. you know, a They come to those classes, someone you know have them doing, I don't know, fire hydrants, and you know. Weird, weird booty burning workouts, and their bodies never change. You see the same person come to the same classes three times a week, nothing changes because they haven't got the education of knowing the basic principles behind you know body composition, which you know, and you know, the fundamentals. I think that's half the issue in Kenya is trying to get that education out there, yeah. Because this is why we started this
2: podcast. Uh, You guys are in a great position because. are now positioning yourself as authority figures in Kenya as people who Mm. are in the know as people who are going against the norm and you know invariably when this does kick off one day and online coaching potentially does pick up in your region Mm. then you guys are going to be the go-to guys you know so my message to you and to anyone who's listening who's maybe in a similar position to you is keep at the good fight you know (laughs) it sounds so cheesy but (laughs) It, yeah, it's, it's not going to happen overnight but if you keep going the way that you're going you will be the go-to guys and girls for online coaching you know so that's that's going to be awesome for you, you're going to be, you're going to be laughing it all up, you're going to be buying all the palaces in Nairobi <laughs> Do you have palaces you in Nairobi like yeah, that's the plan <laughs> 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 all day. Yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I was going to say if that's the case that that's the culture there's a niche in the market It's a massive niche in the market and Honestly, to say grab hold of it and go after it because if someone isn't asking you why you're doing something just tell them like yeah. i've got plenty of clients who are who have been blockheads. not blockheads, heads is it they're really obtuse or they like they just don't want to know they just they just don't think to ask mm-hmm. and it's like for example whether you have you know swimming groups swimming world etc i mean i've got plenty of female clients for example who never asked me well why are we doing this in terms of nutrition mm-hmm. and it's only when you start to break it down for them and you actually get down to the principles and the actual you know things that work and then they start to realize oh this works and that's how you build the trust and it's almost like you're not trying to spoon feed them but you want them to take an interest in what Mm -hmm. they're doing and they're not just turning up to a session
0: yeah and i mean we've we we sort of do that through i mean we're, we're mainly on instagram and through the podcast is really just trying to give our information on basic yeah basic principles you know programming Um, nutrition things like that and everyone here is just so used to someone handing out you know this is the workout this is what you'll do this uh, and and then the meal plans that go around here are are quite horrendous (laughs) and um, so everyone is just like you say so used to being spoon-fed so it's um, and and the industry is I think quite young here Yeah,
2: very. Um,
0: Mm. and we, we are really lucky to be sort of part of it from the beginning Um, yeah you're spearheading it which which is exciting and
4: yeah because we are coming from the era where cardio cardio rules like if you don't sweat if you're not jumping up and down um (laughs) um, it's like seeing women in the weight room was is at least now but i'd say like two years ago it it, two three years ago it was
2: like one out of ten
4: would be a lady. I imagine lady.
2: that, like, the, Ken- the Kenyans, you're, it's in your blood to... It, running is in oh your f- blood. Oh, my... Oh, jeez.
0: Well, so, some <laughs> of us. Like, yes. Of <laughs> Not little. Leon can't Leon, run it <laughs>
4: No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and let's no. Peanut butter in the <laughs> no too, too much peanut but, butter, man. <laughs>
2: but also, conversely, like, I imagine that a lot of you got... And, like, I can see it, Leon, you got incredible genetics for bodybuilding as well.
4: Yeah, because so yeah, that's. You
2: guys could really have something.
4: Because that's the thing. You find guys in the gym who know nothing. They only know the bench press, the squat, um, overhead press, and then the rest is it's it's guesswork pretty much. Yeah. But you can really yeah. see the guys are growing good genetics, like a good physique. But if you sit down and talk to them, it's mm-hmm. it's purely genetics and just I guess passion, so to speak. Yeah, but in terms yeah, of yeah, so I guess that's pretty much what we are trying to change a bit like because um, guys don't ask even say the uh, PTs or trainers gym instructors no one, no one really questions no one researches no one asks mm. so it's I guess that's why even going to online coaching is a really big step because we probably need mm. to deal with the basic the foundation and
0: well just... I guess you can't go to online training yeah. if you 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 as a trainer don't know anything yeah. um, or have been winging it with your sort of face-to-face so I think that well, would be thing, though, I
3: think with this coronavirus it's kind of forcing everyone's hand a little bit yeah. up again and also the clients to have to understand a bit more and I think it's falling into two camps a little bit you see <laughs> certain trainers upping their content and providing more and clients enjoying that and starting to learn more. And then you've got a lot of other people that rather do, you know, stuff online, you know, online and other classes, but actually there's still these sort of, you know, body weight classes where people are doing burpees and jumping up and down and press-ups only. So I think, you know, the whole coronavirus, there is some positives to it, you know, for training purposes you know for people to up their games as trainers and also for clients to you know get back down to fundamental basics and learn almost from the ground up again you know when you're at home and you're being told you know to take a backpack and start squatting with it i mean but then as a trainer you explain the tempo and isometric holds and and slowing it down time under tension and you start teaching those basic principles then starts understanding because when they're at home they're more likely to question it like ah, oh, so is that going to be enough you know i put 20 kgs in their backpack you go know, well the mechanic the, yeah, the weighted load's not a lot but what we're going to do is mechanically fail you we're going to be isometric holds we're going to slow it down and, and put time under tension i think there's an ability to learn there.
4: yeah you yeah. have to make yeah. you have to make them sweat if they don't sweat <laughs>
2: doesn't
3: count yeah it
4: doesn't
1: count
4: <laughs> yeah it's it's really it's it's a it's a thing here like i didn't sweat and it's like but how do you feel you know? it's, yeah
2: so, so you, you look jacked so you're all right <laughs>
4: <laughs> no you see uh because now you're seeing a lot of um sort of repetitive uh training online you know the like andy said the jumping jacks burpees because now I think also the trainers will realize that oh what I thought I know was isn't enough like I still need to All learn right. more so yeah in a way it's a positive maybe now guys can look for information just learn the basic principles I guess so
3: because we are single yeah a lot of these a lot of these trainers are going to slowly watch their clients become obese messes because they haven't they haven't up their game and they haven't said look. You need to. You probably need to reduce your car yeah, you know, your food a little bit because you're a little bit more sedentary. Yeah, yeah, Try the, and keep your steps the higher. The nutrition part, by true, moving around true. your house a bit more, and yeah, but is, is a, because there's not that education, what we're doing is, yeah, that's uh, once every other day we'd do a group class on Skype. Have you doing your burpees and box jump? Oh, jumping onto a sofa or. Lifting so, your dog up above your head. Yeah. Which, something that truly annoys me. I'm yeah. going to keep
0: posting. Put your bloody dogs down. Well, yeah. honey would probably squash um, you. It's because it, your
4: dog that. is heavy.
0: Yeah, well, I was say, I'm because you have jealous. a heavy dog. I lift honey above my head, I, you know,
3: I collapse. But, uh, but no, so I do think there's a certain, you know, people are going to start questioning, saying, am I doing enough? And then I and mean, it's down to the trainers to have the answers. And when people realise they don't have the answers, they're going to be looking for... For new trainers. Yeah, I, well, I yeah new yeah, I'll
2: tell you one thing that is going to happen at the minute with the coronavirus and I don't know specifically to Kenya but at least in the in the UK you know a lot of these guys and girls well they for the most part are self-employed yeah, yeah paying their own salaries and they're going to lose a lot a lot of clients to their own financial concern which is on un- you know out for something that they can't use and There will be a huge slingshot effect at the end of this in the UK where we get through the other end. We're allowed to go to our gyms again. We have some level of normality in our life, but lots of personal trainers and online coaches haven't been able to sustain their business because of everything that's happened with the pandemic. And there's going to be a huge market of people who are now more than ever consciously aware of their health and their fitness because of everything that's happening. Yeah. With a very select few personal trainers and online coaches available to, To make them healthier and happier so if you can get through this time you're gonna be shooting fish in a bucket (laughs) it's gonna be easy easy pickings so I would just say if you're in that position just hold on for your dear life do everything that you can within your power to keep your your tribe happy keep them motivated keep them on board and then once this is done you're gonna be absolutely bowling
3: yeah True, true. But
2: I do think there may be
3: a change in the way people do business and, and use services anyway as, mm. as a back of this. People might start realizing we don't need a gym membership
2: yeah. or we yeah. do,
3: but they don't want to train with people because they want being close proximity to others. Mm. So I think it's going to change the way people access services in general across every sphere mm. of industry. But and, and, and personal training and gym goings could be no different. People are going to try and train off peak. And they're not, you know, necessarily wants to stand um, face to face with a coach or trying to limit social contact. And I do see that as a knock on for at least for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So I think online, online will take up more and more of a sort of personal training marketplace.
4: I also, I wanted to ask for um, like Morag and Ollie, in terms of like competing, do you think it really, it helps in terms of uh, both online and say one on one? Uh, personal training
2: Uh, I think if you're looking to prep other competitors if you want to help other competitors compete for shows then I think it is pretty important that you've been through the process yourself again speaking to that idea that you need to come from somewhere authentically you need to have been there done that you know what your clients feeling what their emotions are Um, it's gonna be hard for you to support someone through that process if you've never done it yourself is it completely necessary? No, you could have all of the background knowledge and understanding of how to prep someone for a show, but as a consumer and as a prospect, I'm going to be more likely to go with a coach who's been there and done it themselves, because I know that they can talk from experience, so I don't know if you're in agreement with that, Morag, or?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, in terms of, does it help my business, I think... Being able to attain or to be able to show the discipline for sticking to actually achieving a goal that you set out to achieve was obviously hugely inspirational for a lot of my clients and prospective clients. Um, and that's something else that they've referenced when they've said, well, you know what, you obviously, again, it's this horrible thing of we still use the aesthetic as a business card to a certain degree. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I do and I don't agree with that. I, I, I agree with it in the fact that if someone does, you know, walk, walk, talk, talk, has knowledge, perfect, great. But then also, conversely, there's a lot out there on social media with someone with washboard abs who's given out bogus information. People trust it because they look as though they know Mm -hmm. what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. In terms of being fortunate that actually, you know what, I can serve my clients and get them to the goal they want to get to effectively and efficiently. And I think that's the other side of being a trainer, is you've got to be more efficient and effective than what they're currently doing. They had possibly a little more trust in me, or it allowed me to expand my reach slightly, which did definitely help. I mean I think as well knowing your market and knowing your population as well so Jane who's a mom of four is probably not looking to get show me and shredded she's looking to drop a couple of pounds. she's probably not wanting to follow a meal plan because that's not sustainable and that's not to be sustainable in dietary sustainability but she's cooking batch meals for four kids it's not going to happen or you've got Tim who's out labouring on a construction site you know or someone else who works shift patterns you've got to know what your needs of your market are and by getting Sholeen it doesn't necessarily say look this is I know what your needs are because I got Sholeen um in terms of people looking at you aesthetically yes it does blow up your social medias a little bit more because people are more inclined to react or to like a, a picture of someone who is maybe more aesthetically pleasing again that's changing the entire time I mean I know plenty of female personal trainers who have completely debunked that and gone against the grain and now are living a more mindful lifestyle and they get loads of clients because that's the type of client that they attract. Mm. It's, it's very varied.
3: Do you find, as you up your coaching, it takes away a little bit from your own personal gym
2: mm. goals? Yeah, it depends. Like, I think that's a sliding scale. It's not like it is one tipping point. Yeah. But... As you're becoming, same with anything, same with any career, as you become increasingly more busy and you have more pressure to deliver a certain product within your business, then that detracts from your own time. Um, but I, me personally, I value freedom a lot more than I value finance. So when I'm thinking about my business and what my next move is, I'm thinking, what's going to give me more freedom? um more time with my family more time to work on my own physique and do that kind of stuff so that's my own personal opinion but definitely like i've been at a place where i thought more is better Mm -hmm. more clients more money coming in and it just wasn't enjoyable there's got to be a a bit of a balance somewhere
1: yeah i think comes down to the work smarter not harder And this is where you know having groups can really be helpful because rather than just having one person for that hour suddenly you could maybe have four or five. And if it's an online capacity, you know, again, depending on what your checking processes are, you could, again, not so you can rattle through maybe 10 clients in an hour, but that's an hour's worth of work that otherwise you'd have had to have 10 hours worth of work. Yeah. It's yeah. about condensing and being, again, not to use the word savvy about it, but not valuing, valuing your time as well. Like Ollie said, you know, have freedom as a priority and wanting to to spend time with your family being absolutely have time to train and look after yourself because as well if you get into that hole where you're trading 12 hour days PTing, but then you have no time to look after yourself how long is your business actually going to sustain how long is it going to actually burn out i know so many personal trainers in the uk not even just you know kenya who qualify they get all the clients because they think more, more, more more it's great for the first year they live in their best lives, and then they suddenly hit them mm-hmm. that they've got no energy, they're burnt
0: out, and that's it. It fizzles out. Yeah, I think that's
3: the same in every industry. I think people start chasing the dollar, or the pound, or the shilling, um, and maybe really fail to actually realise what's important in life, and actually, you know, what's more it's not necessarily your, your increasing bank account. It's actually a bit of time. Bit more, as as Ali said, freedom, freedom to do what you actually enjoy doing and what increases your own dopamine levels, yeah. versus you know just earning money. You know, money comes and goes, but actually, things like family time is you know almost irreplaceable.
4: Yeah, that balance is good. That's why I'm i I've enjoyed my first week home. I'm getting ten hours of sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a rest yeah. week. <laughs> So I'm 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 taking this time to really sleep more. Um, yeah. Just do a bit of reading, research, and yeah, just just be selfish with my time. To be honest, yeah. I'm mm. like Andy. I don't mind sitting in the house. You know, doing playing Not with long. a dog and yeah, just <laughs> just yeah. I, I don't need to go anywhere. To be honest,
2: yeah. Mm. Apart from the gym.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We. <laughs> because of the quarantine we moved the weights home so next yeah. week back to next week <laughs> yeah.
0: awesome. so ollie and morag for what advice would you give for, uh, let's say personal trainers here like the very basic steps for them to go and have more of an online presence
2: um i would just start with being consistent on social media yeah. providing as much value as you can for free um And it's the Gary Vaynerchuk approach of jab, 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 hook. So essentially what that means in essence is, you know, you've got to give a lot more value than you ask for in return. So it's no very good showing up on your social media every single day and asking someone to buy one of your programs or enlist in your coaching um, if you're not giving anything. Okay, so I almost use a principle of like 10 to 1. So I'm giving 10 pieces of value for free before I say I've got a program that you can enroll on. Um, and then that way you just don't become that guy who is salesy that nobody wants to listen to. Mm.
1: Then I think it's creating that that buy-in value as well. Like someone goes, gosh, they know exactly what I'm after. This is what I need. Oh, by the way, I've got a program. Okay, that's the hook, like I think Ollie's describing. Because I think as well, if you're constantly sales, 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 you will not gain traction because people switch off. It's like you know cold callers and telephone marketing (laughs) who actually – that call <laughs> you know because it's just there's no value in it for you so you've got to again know your market know your clients be relatable be personable because if again not to be like you know Ollie was a good fit for me because what he says makes sense to me you know and it's like if you want a specific client type or something you've got to make sense to them you've got to have something that ultimately is going to make their life better and not be like just a chore or I've now got to work out today or well, you know it's got to be they've got to the value that's then going to impact their life whether that is emotionally financially health wise to then buy into it
0: yeah no agreed I think those are those are really great great tips for well oh, I think any trainer <laughs> whether you're going to be online or in person yeah yeah Andy, have you got anything else to, to add or bring up?
3: No, um, Yeah, I think generally, I think, you know, in this time, there's you know, you need to manage expectations of your clients, both positively and negatively. I think, you know, you need to manage your own expectations of your business. And, you know, I think like Ali said earlier, hold tight. I think with everyone, just hold tight and, you know, try to use this time for educating and increasing the content you put out of an educational basis. And then, you know, start then on the back end, deciding, you know, trying to increase your business rather than use this time to increase your business now.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you so much, Ollie and Morag.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: Joining us. That was really useful. It's
2: been an absolute pleasure. Thank uh, you. Thank uh, you for having us on.
0: Oh, welcome! Hopefully, one day you can come to come to Kenya.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, sounds amazing. Yeah, Let's do I, I
3: keep it. it. I keep offering. I keep offering the yeah, a place to stay. Yeah. He's got to do it soon because Jude's getting older, and as soon as they become two, the airlines start charging more for flights. Yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah, that's the perfect time. <laughs> There's Much travel before that age of two. Fair
2: point.
0: Well, when well, the corona is out. over, this maybe.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Well, thanks again. Have a lovely weekend.
4: Thank you. Andrew. All right. See you. Bye. Bye guys.